Book Three, Chapter Five, of Robert Falconer, by George MacDonald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Robert Falconer by George MacDonald. Chapter Five, A Talk with Granny. Dr. Anderson's body was, according to the fine custom of many of the people of Aberdeen, borne to the grave by twelve stalwart men in black, with broad round bonnets on their heads, the one half relieving the other, a privilege of the company of shore porters. The exequies are thus freed from the artificial, grotesque, and pagan horror given by obscene mutes, frightful hearse, horses, and feathers. As soon as, in the beautiful phrase of the Old Testament, John Anderson was thus gathered to his fathers, Robert went to pay a visit to his grandmother. Dressed to a point in the same costume in which he had known her from childhood, he found her little altered in appearance. She was one of those who, instead of stooping with age, settled downwards. She was still as erect as ever, though shorter. Her step was feebler, and when she prayed, her voice quavered more. On her face sat the same settled, almost hard repose as ever, but her behavior was still more gentle than when he had seen her last. Notwithstanding, however, that time had wrought so little change in her appearance, Robert felt that somehow the mist of a separation between her world and his was gathering that she was as it were fading from his sight and presence like the moon towards her interlunar cave her face was gradually turning from him towards the land of light i have buried my best friend but yourself granny he said as he took a chair close to her side where he used to sit when he read the bible and boston to her i trust he's happy he was a quiet and well-behaved man and ye have risen to respect his memory. Did he die the death of the righteous, think ye, laddie? I do think that, Granny. He loved God and his Saviour. The Lord be praised, said Mrs. Falconer. I had good hopes of him in his latter days, and folks say he's made a rich man of ye, Robert. He left me a thing except something till his servants, who has well deserved it, eh robert but it's a terrible snare siller's an awful thing my poor andrew never be good to go the ill gate till he began to have o'er muckle siller but it bade not lang with him but it's no an ill thing itself granny for god made siller as well as other things he thinks na muckle of it though or he would give more of it to some folk but as ye say it's his and if ye have grace to use it aright it may be made a great blessing to yourself and other folk but eh laddie take good tent at ye ride upon the tap of it and no let it rise like a muckle billow o'er your head for it's an awful thing to be drooned in riches them it prays no to be led into temptation have a chance have not they granny that have they robert and to be plain with ye i have not that muckle fear of ye for i have heard the kind of life at ye have been leading god's hearken to my prayers for you and if ye go on as ye have begun my prayers like them of david the son of jesse are ended go on my dear lad go on to pluck brands from the burning hold out a helping hand to ilka son and daughter of adam 
at will take a grip of it be a burning and a shining light that men may praise know you for you're but clay in the hand of the potter but your father in heaven take the drunkard from his whisky the debauched from his debauch the swear from his else the leer from his lees and give not any of them or muckle of your silver at once for fear that they grow fat and kick and defy god and you that's my advice to you robert and i hope i'll be able to hold gay and near to it granny for it's of the best but what tellit ye that i was aboot in lunnon himself dr anderson ay just himself i have had letter upon letter from him aboot ye and at ye was aboot he keepin me acquaint with it all this fresh proof of his friend's affections touched robert deeply he had himself written often to his grandmother but he had never entered into any detail of his doings although the thought of her was ever at hand beside the thought of his father do ye know granny what's at the heart of my hopes the memory and degradation that i see from morning to night and oftener yet from night to morning in the back classes of winds of the great city i trust it's the glory of god laddie i hope that's no altogether wanting granny for i love god with all my heart but i do it it's oftener the savin of my earthly father nor the glory of my heavenly one that i'm a-thinkin of mrs falconer heaved a deep sigh god grant ye success robert she said but that cannot be right what cannot be right no to put the glory of god first and foremost weel granny but a body cannot rise to the height of grace all at once nor yet in ten or twenty year maybe if i do right i may be able to come to that or all be done and after all i'm sure i love god more nor my father but i cannot help thinking in this that if god heard not a song of glory from this ill-doing earth of his he would not be none the war but what know ye that interrupted his grandmother because he would be as good and great and grand as ever oh ay but what would come of my father wantin his salvation he can war want that remaining the slave of iniquity then god can want his glory for by you know there's nae glory to god like the repentin of a sinner justifying god and saying to him father you are right and i's a wrong what greater glory can god have nor that it's all true at ye say but still if god cares for that same glory ye ought to think of that first afore even the salvation of your father maybe you're right granny and if it be as ye say he's promised to lead us into a trough and he'll lead me into that trough but i'm thinking it's more for our sakes than his own at he cares aboot his glory i did not believe it he thinks aboot his glory except for the sake of the truth and men's hearts being for want of it mrs falconer thought for a moment it may be at your right laddie but ye have a way of saying things at some fearsome god's nae like a prude mind to take offence granny there's nothing pleases him like the trowth and there's nothing displeases him like lean particularly when it's by way of upholding him he wants no such upholding nor ye say things about him while at sounds to me fearsome what kind of things are they laddie asked the old lady with offence glooming in the background 
sich like as when ye spake about him as if he was a poor prude barely like body full of his own importance and ready to be doing upon anybody that did not call him by the name of his office i think thinking about his own glory in place of the quiet mighty grand self-forgetting all creating all upholding eternal being what took the form of man in christ jesus just that he might have it in his poor to bear and be humble it for our sakes eh granny think of the face of that man of sorrows that never said a hard word till a sinful woman or a despised publican was he thinking about his own glory think ye and we have no right to say we know god save in the face of christ jesus whatever's no like christ is no like god but laddie he came to satisfy god's justice by suffering the punishment due to our sins to turn aside the wrath and curse to reconcile him to us so he could not be altogether like god he did nothing of the kind granny it's all a leave at he came to satisfy god's justice by giving him back his bairns by garin' them see that god was just by sending them greeting home to fall at his feet and grip his knees and say father you're in the right he came to lift the wheat of the sins that god had cursed off of the shooters of them that did them by making them turn again them and be for god and no for sin and there is not a word of reconciling god till is in all the testament for there was no need of that it was us that needed to be reconciled to him and say he bore our sins and carried our sorrows for those sins culminate in the multitude's eye and in his own disciples his wheel caused him no end of grief of mind and pain of body as anybody knows it was not his own sins for he had none but oars that caused him suffering and he took them away their vanishing even new from the earth though it does not look like it in rag fair or petticoat lane and for oar sorrows they just guarded him great his righteousness just annihilates real guilt for it's a great gulf that swallows up and destroys it and say he gave his life a ransom for us and he is the life of the world he took worse sins upon him for he came into the middle of them and took them up by no sleight of hand by no quibbling of the lawyers about imputing his righteousness to us and such like which is not to be found in the bible at all though i did not say that there is no possible meaning in the phrase but he took them and took them away and here am i granny grown out of my sins in consequence and there are ye granny grown out of yours in consequence and having near hand done with them altogether ere this time i wish that may be true laddie but i care not who you put it returned his grandmother bewildered no doubt with this outburst say be that ye put him first and last and in the midst of all things and say with all your heart his will be done with all my heart his will be done granny responded robert amen amen and no laddie do you think there's any likelihood that your father's still in the body i dream about him while say lifelike that i cannot believe him dead but that's superstitions weel granny i have not the least assurance but i have the more hope would ye know him given ye saw him know him she cried i would know him if he had been no to say four but forty days in the sepulchre my own andrew who could ye spare such a question laddie 
He mount be sore changed, Granny. He mount be turnin' old by this time. Old, such likes yourself, laddie. Hoots, hoots, you're right, I am forgettin'. But nonetheless would I know him. I wish I knew what he was like. I saw him once, hardly twice. But all that I mind upon would stand me in ill stead among the streets of London. I doot that, returned Mrs. Falconer, a form of expression rather oddly indicating sympathetic and somewhat regretful agreement with what has been said. But, she went on, I can let you see a picture of him, though I doot it will not show so muckle to you as to me. He had it painted to give to your mother upon their wedding day. Ah, She did the like for him, but what came of that one I did not know. Mrs. Falconer went into the little closet to the old bureau, and bringing out the miniature, gave it to Robert. It was the portrait of a young man in antiquated blue coat and white waistcoat, looking innocent, and, it must be confessed, dull and uninteresting. It had been painted by a travelling artist, and probably his skill did not reach to expression. It brought to Robert's mind no faintest shadow of recollection. It did not correspond in the smallest degree to what seemed his vague memory, perhaps half-imagination of the tall, worn man whom he had seen that Sunday. He could not have a hope that this would give him the slightest aid in finding him of whom it had once been a shadowy resemblance at least. "'Is it like him, Granny?' he asked. As if to satisfy herself once more, ere she replied, she took the miniature and gazed at it for some time. Then with a deep, hopeless sigh she answered, "'Ay, it's like him, but it's no himself.' Eh, the bonny brew and the smiling iron of him, smiling about a body, and upon her most of all, till he took to the drink, and worse, and force can be. It was all siller and company, company it could not be merry on drunken. Verily their laughter was like the crackling of thorns aneath the pot. Hot water and whiskey was I the cry, ere their di dinner and after their supper, till my poor Andrew took till the bare whiskey in the morning, to fill the ebb of the toddy. He would never have done as he did but for the whusky. It just drove out all good and loot in all ill. Will you let me take this with me, Granny, said Robert, for though the portrait was useless for identification, it might serve a further purpose. Oh, I take it. I did not want it. I can see him well wanting that, but I have nae hope left at ye'll ever fall in with him. God's eye doing unlikely things, Granny, said Robert solemnly. He's doing all at he can for him, I do it already. Do ye think that God could not save a man if he like it then, Granny? God can do a thing. There's no doubt but by the gift of his spirit he could save anybody. And you think he's no merciful enough to do it? It will not do to meddle with folks' free will. To gar folk be good would be nae goodness. But if God could actually create the free will, do not you think he could help it to go on right without any garand? We no say little about it, Granny. Who does his spirit help anybody? Does he gar them at except the offer of salvation? Nay, I cannot think that, but he shows them the truth in such a way that they just cannot bide themselves, but mount turn to him for their peace and rest. Well, that's something, as I think. And until I'm sure that a man has had the trial shown to him in such a way as that, 
I cannot allude myself to think that, whoever he may have sinned, he has finally rejected the troth. If I knew that a man had seen the troth as I have seen it, Wiles, and had deliberately turned his back upon it and said, I'll none of it, then I doubt I would be most compelled to allow that there was no more salvation for him. But a certain and fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation. But I do not believe that ever man did so. But even then I did not know. I did afore him that I knew who to do, said Mrs. Falconer reflectingly. Night and morning, and after midday, praying for and with him. Maybe you scunnered him at it, Granny. She gave a stifled cry of despair. Do not say that, laddie, or you'll drive me out of my mind. God forgive me if that be true. I deserve hell more nor my Andrew. But you see, Granny, supposing it were so, that would not be laid to your account, seeing you did the best you knew, nor would it be forgotten to him. It would make a hantle difference to his sin. It would be a great excuse for him. And just think, if it be fair for a human being to influence another at all, they can, and that's nay interfering with the free will. It's impossible to measure what God could do with his spirit winning at them from all sides, and able to put such thoughts and such pictures into them as we cannot think. It would all be true that he tell it them, and troth can never be a meddling with the free will. Mrs. Falconer made no reply, but evidently went on thinking. She was, though not a great reader, yet a good reader. Any book that was devout and thoughtful she read gladly. Through some one or other of this sort she must have been instructed concerning free will, for I do not think such notions could have formed any portion of the religious teaching she had heard. Men in that part of Scotland then believed that the free will of man was only exercised in rejecting, never in accepting, the truth and that men were saved by the gift of the Spirit, given to some and not to others, according to the free will of God, in the exercise of which no reason appreciable by men, or having anything to do with their notions of love or justice, had any share. In the recognition of will and choice in the acceptance of the mercy of God, Mrs. Falconer was then in advance of her time, and it is no wonder if her notions did not all hang logically together. At any rate, Granny, resumed her grandson, I have not done all for him at I can yet, and I'm no going to believe anything that would make me remiss in my endeavour. Hope for myself, for my father, for anybody, is what's saving me and garring me work. And if you tell me that I'm no working with God, that's God's no the best and the greatest worker boon, and ye take the very heart out of my breast and I did not believe in God no more, and my hands dropped doon by my sides, and my legs will not go. No, said Robert, rising, God'll give me my father some time, Granny, for what man can do wantin' a father. Human being cannot win at the heart of things, cannot know all the oots and ends and the sides of love, except he has a father among the love to love, and I have had none, Granny, and that God knows she made him no answer she dared not say that he expected too much from god is it likely that jesus will say so of any man or woman when he looks for faith in the earth robert went out to see some of his old friends and when he returned it was time for supper and worship these were the same of old a plate of porridge and a wooden bowl of milk for the former a chapter and a hymn both read and a prayer from granny and then from robert for the latter and so they went to bed 
But Robert could not sleep. He rose and dressed himself, went up to the empty garret, looked at the stars through the skylight, knelt and prayed for his father, and for all men to the father of all, then softly descended the stairs and went out into the street. End chapter 5